Well, welcome, Willow Park Church. Today is the birthday of the church. Yes, it's Pentecost Sunday. And I'm excited to be able to read some of these scriptures to remind you of what the Lord did on that day. But let's celebrate together the birthday of the church, the moment when God fulfilled his promise through the Holy Spirit and through the prophet Joel to send his power on all flesh, both men and women, young and old, will receive the power of the Spirit. And of course, Peter stood up at that moment and declared the truth that the day has now been fulfilled. Fantastic. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. I love that first thought about the sound of a violent wind. Uh, the breath of God, the wind of God that was present. And so often we forget that God comes in his, in his wind, in his breath. He comes and fills our lives and filled the temple of the Lord, if you remember the story. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them that were there present at that time suddenly received the tongue of fire upon them. This is unique. It links back to last week's thoughts about the seal of the Holy Spirit that comes into our lives. About that sense of the immediate and direct work of God that brings his seal, his presence into our lives. That we know that fire and that personal experience with God in our lives. You know, in the Old Testament, it was very special people and places that received the power of the Spirit. The priests, the leaders, the kings, Moses, the prophets, the judges, the temple, the tabernacle, where God's power was present. But of course, we know in the New Testament and the New Covenant that that fire, if you like, has goes to every believer, rests within us. He comes to us and he comes within us. We understand it and we also experience the power of the Spirit within our lives. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And wow, after that experience, people thought they were drunk. People thought they were crazy. Peter got up and preached and 3,000 hearts were turned to Christ. And I often say in the early church, they prayed for 10 days, preached for 10 minutes and 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ. We today seem to preach for 10 days, pray for 10 minutes, and we're fortunate if a handful of people give their lives to Christ. Why? We've got it the wrong way round, haven't we? We need to seek to be filled with God's presence and power. Well, we've been on this series of Chord, Powered Up, talking about the ministry and the 
presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Today, Russ Wilson is going to be sharing with us an encouraging word. We're going to hear from Chris Weens, who's going to talk about ministry in India and what has been taking place. But before we do that, as we begin this service, let me pray. And then Al's going to come and he's going to share one of his poems, a poem about Pentecost. Do you remember when he shared at Easter that powerful, beautiful poem about the power of Easter? Well, I asked him to write another poem and he's written this one about Pentecost and the spirit at work within our lives. Father, thank you that we get the opportunity on the church's birthday to celebrate your goodness and to remember that this is the day that the church entered the world. And we pray that we may continue that great tradition of being gospel-centered, spirit-led, and that we'll always be on mission. Help us, Lord, I pray. Amen. Al is going to come and share a poem with us. Good morning. I find that poetry helps me to reflect on what I read and what I hear. This poem uh, came after I read first 13 verses of Acts chapter 2 and after listening to Pastor Phil's messages over the past few weeks. Pentecost. Questions. Confusion. The master has departed with only a promise remaining. They waited. As if on cue, the still morning air circles and grows to a gale force presence. Bracing, shaking, bewildered, they are drawn into a holy arrival, marking the gathered for a heavenly cause. Tongues of fire, sudden surge, spirit filling, spilling into words they did not know. Outsiders jeering, gazing, pointing at this early morning drunken scene. But here, the real source, a sap that feeds the vine. He grows wonder, awe, and ripened fruit, inner change flowing out. Housed in this glory, church is birthed and reaches farthest edges. With promise accomplished, souls revived, the Holy Spirit's move advances, forming the gathered for heavenly cause. Um, good morning, church. I am so excited to uh, worship with you this morning, and I, um, I pray that God's uh, presence and blessing is over you and your household as you watch this, and um, yeah, that we can worship together and glorify him.
he showed us how to build our lives on your love. And that through that comes such beautiful gifts and fruits and and relationship with you, Father. God, specifically this morning, I pray for anyone who feels distant from God, um, that these words would remind them that even though those feelings aren't there, Father, that you are there, that you're with them and you're close and that you love them, you delight over them, Father. I pray that that sinks so deeply today, even without those emotions and without those feelings. Um, I pray for blessing over the speaker today and for the sermon. I pray that it is your words and um, not theirs and um, that you would have your way. Amen. Thank you, Zoe, for taking the time and leading us in worship. And for many of us, uh, it can be difficult to connect with online worship. But I often find that if I pause and I allow the music to minister to me and create that holy space, as you and many of you have testified, the Lord comes really close to you and is ministering to you. so many different ways to engage in, in church worship and church life. And I'm so happy that we get the opportunity to do drive-in and we get the opportunity to gather with church on lawn. And we also get the opportunity to be safe and to be present online as well. So I'm blessed by that. The emblems. We're going to take a moment. I love communion. I love remembering and thinking about all that Christ has done. And you know that the words say that on the night in which the Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And said, this is my body which is broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. And so, Lord, as we take the bread at this moment, we remember all that you did for us. We know the story. We've read the scriptures multiple times. I remember even as a teenager reading my way through Mark's gospel and getting to the scene of the cross and reading about the treatment of Jesus by the soldiers. And in this little caravan, I was camping. My grandparents had gone for a walk. I remember falling on my knees and just worshipping the Lord because his body was broken. And he was willing to go through so much pain to bring so much life into the world. Father, thank you for the bread. And we eat it and remember that you gave your body for us, the body of Christ broken for you. Take a moment and thank God for the cleansing power of the blood of Christ that makes us whole and clean. It's particularly poignant on Pentecost Sunday, that we know that we've received his body, 
the blood and the fire that comes through the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I thank you that we are cleansed by the work of the blood. And it's because of the blood of Christ that I can confess my sins and come into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of the Lord. And Lord, I just uh, am so thankful for the unique and profound, glorious relationship that I have with you, Lord Jesus, because of, because of your sacrifice and your blood. I'm just really continually thankful for my faith and my relationship with you, Jesus. The blood of Christ that takes away the sins of the world, drink it. Amen. Well, in a few moments, uh, we'll be hearing all about the news at Willow Park Church and what is happening. And then here at Highway 33, uh, Russ will be sharing, our good friend, Rush Wilson. And then at South, Pastor Glenn will be sharing a Pentecost message about being filled uh, with the power of the Holy Spirit and what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But before we do that, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Chris Weens, you may know him because um, he's been on staff at our church as associate pastor at Lake Country and also works uh, for his time as, uh, I think, the CEO of a mission agency based down in Abbotsford, um, MMF. And he's going to come and share more about that. The reason I've asked him to share is because he himself has a very amazing connection with India and with churches there and with people. And we've been having our North Indian appeal, which has been fantastic. The last I heard, we had raised as a community uh, $18,000. Hallelujah. What a difference that will make. But you know, it's not over yet. And we want to uh, keep connecting, keep being generous I want to stand before the Lord and know that in this crisis, every hundred years, a pandemic. And I think I, I read just the other night about the pandemic in India a hundred years ago and how it literally killed millions and millions of uh, people a hundred years ago. And we're seeing these images and get an idea of what is taking place. So Chris, coming up and join me. It's great to see you, brother. It's been a um, it's been a while. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great. Hey, um, your connection with India. Um, you've got some slides. Tell us a little bit about your the charity you lead, uh, which is MMF. What does that stand for? It's a multination missions foundation. Which is a, uh, a Mennonite mission foundation, Mennonite well, brethren. We're, we're interdenominational, okay. but we work quite closely with the MB conference. Ah, that's we fantastic. Multiply and lots of MB churches are connected to us and support us. So, oh, that's yeah. good. And your job is? Uh, I'm the CEO. Yeah, yes. The okay. Director. So I was right. Yep. You were right. Whew. You got it. Got it right. Yeah. Show us some of the slides and what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I'll just say I, I have such a heart for India. We work globally around the world, yeah. but um, in India specifically is where we really concentrate on church planting, on training leaders, 
And I've got lots of really good friends. I've been there nine times in the last six years. Wow. And so I got a deep heart for India. Mm. And uh, the last few weeks have been just incredibly difficult. Mm. You know, as I, as I talk with my friends in India, every morning they tell me stories of what they're seeing in their communities, what's going on in their families. And it's, it's really heartbreaking. So uh, our key leader that we work through, uh, we started with three church planters. Today we're at 78 church planters with him. Wow. He lost his wife to COVID four days ago. Oh. So. Uh, he barely got over it two weeks ago, and his wife was struggling and struggling. She managed to get into the hospital, but it was too late. So I'm we're sorry. dealing with that. Yes. And yeah, lot, just, just so four days ago. Four days ago. Yeah. So, yeah, and every morning I'm, I'm getting messages of, can you help? Can you help? Here's what's going on. So we've pivoted. We don't normally do relief work. We no. normally focus on church planning and evangelism and education. Fantastic. But the last few weeks we've just said we got to focus our attention on helping those who need it the most right now. Wow. So, Wow. Yeah, so we've done some relief work here. Um, yeah, I just got this picture a couple days ago. So right now, the greatest need is just providing food and some medical assistance. And so, um, yeah, we're getting money into the country every every couple days. And so this is, we, we work primarily in northern India. And so we're kind of in, in nine different states. So these mm -hmm. are pictures from different states. This is up in Himachal Pradesh, which is actually quite close to a child of mine. Okay, yeah, yeah we know it well. So great ministry. And again, yes. Uh, what we're doing is we are empowering our church planters there to be a light in their community. And so the people are coming to the church and they know that these are people that care for them and provide for them and help them. Uh, this is one of our key guys in Punjab. Uh, we have a lot of work going on in Punjab. And so uh, I asked him last week, what can we do? And he says, we just want to help the poorest families. So not only is COVID ravaging India right now, but yeah. it's the lockdowns as well, yeah. right? When, when they're locking down to try to stop it. But people are really poor and mm -hmm. they're struggling to feed themselves. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what we're doing is not only medical help, but also just getting food uh, to people that, you know, aren't able to work. And so with, uh, yeah, I'll tell you a story with, with, with in the previous picture there, he said, send me $2,000 and I'm going to send it to the uh, 48 poorest families in our churches. So he has wow. 12 churches. 12 churches. And he says, of those churches, we're going to pick the three poorest in each church. Right. And we're just going to care for them and bless them and, you know, keep them eating. That's that guy before. Yeah, the previous one. Yeah, I went too yeah. fast. This guy yeah, here. That yeah. guy there. So this is enough supplies to help 48 of the poorest uh, people within his church. Gosh. Yeah, so we got rice and we got beans and lentils and oil yes. and kind of the basics, the essentials. Mm -hmm. But so many people in India, and I've seen it firsthand, are they're, they're day laborers. So they go out and work in the fields yeah. and they get paid that day, go back, buy enough food to feed their family yeah. at night. So when you take that job away from them, you take away their ability to eat, right? Yeah. So uh, lots, of, lots of pain. So this is a ministry in Bihar. Mm -hmm. That's a poor state in India. And uh, I, I've been into this village. It's an incredible village. These people uh, are, uh, just, just have so very little. And the community that we've planted there is an education facility mm -hmm. for children. And is, they've also planted a church there. And they have such a great reputation. Uh, this village is actually made up of thieves. And yet they have such a great uh, uh, draw to the church right. because the church is helping so yes. much. They're educating thieves. their kids. Yeah, they're yeah. thieves. So. Yeah. That's, their, that's their vocation in life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I knew a few like that in yeah, England. I, I think, yeah, so just a couple pictures yeah. there that got through. But I yeah. get pictures like this, you know, every day, three right. or four a day. And, you know, we're sending as many funds as we can to help. So. Describe to us, you give us a little picture of the impact that the pandemic is having on the Christian church at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, so many 
Christians are being affected just as much as everybody else there. Yeah, of course. So, uh, you know, our guys are saying, yeah. you know, my family member's sick. Uh, my uncle or my aunt has died. People within my church are sick. They can't get to the hospital. So it is really... Every single person that I am talking to on the ground has a personal story of how this mm -hmm. is impacting them. Mm -hmm. So the stuff that we see on the news, like I watch the BBC reports and mm -hmm. I send them to our guys in Delhi mm -hmm. and I say, is this really happening? Like mm -hmm. these crematoriums and mm -hmm. this massive scale. And they tell me, they say, what you're watching on the news doesn't even begin to touch what we're seeing. Wow. So it is that bad. So the news isn't really capturing the yeah. scale of the... They can't. And no. a lot of the guys that we work with are actually in villages. And so yeah. the news can't get in there. No. You know, and uh, I mean, we've probably seen uh, reports of all the bodies coming down the Ganges yes. River, right? Yeah. Those are all village. And those yeah. are people that can't afford burial. And uh, yeah, I, the, the, the numbers are way higher than what they're saying because they just, they can't, they can't count no. it, no. The, the, the scale of it. Yeah. Chris, would you lead us in prayer yeah. and pray for that family and... Yeah. Um, those churches and that we will you know respond in the right way at this time yeah i will for sure yeah father god we thank you so much that you are a god that cares for the poor and for the suffering and we thank you that you call us as your people to stand with them and to help them and so lord we pray we pray for your kingdom to come into those communities we pray for the church to be a light in those communities god and we pray for an end of this pandemic. We pray for an end of the suffering, especially of what's happening in India and in Nepal and Bangladesh and countries around there. And the poor are suffering so bad right now, Lord. And we know you care and we pray for an end to this pandemic. God, we pray that we, the church in North America, can just rise up and stand with our brothers and sisters in Christ and, uh, and support them and care for them and help them as best that we can, God. We pray for those who have lost loved ones. We pray that you grant them peace. We pray that you would give them just a strong, incredible sense of your presence in the midst of the grief that they are facing right now, Lord. Oh, Lord, God, we pray, have mercy on your people. Mm. Have mercy on our friends in India, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, Chris. Yeah, thanks for That's having great. me. Yeah, it's great. Well, if you want to support Chris and uh, MMF, uh, you can see the, um, the website and the connect where you can give. There also for this period of time, a, uh, a project at Willow Park Church. So you're able to uh, give as well through Willow Park Church and just highlight that it's for MMF. And you can get involved in supporting those well, over 70 church planters and churches uh, and we can make a difference. And I know with Chris, he's in daily contact with these families. So every dollar you give makes a direct impact on the ground. It's fantastic. We're so blessed to have Chris and to be involved with Multiply and a child of mine and to really uh, support. And I want to thank you for your generosity and all that you've done. And this Pentecost Sunday, let's Let's go that extra bit and just um, see what the Lord is asking us to do. Amen. Well, we're going to move on now. And uh, here is Courtney with the Willow One News. Thank you. Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Thank you for joining us at Church Online. Here's your family news. <laughs> We have two important meetings coming up this Wednesday and Thursday. 
Our finance meeting is happening on May 26th at 7 p.m. and our all-church meeting on May 27th at 7 p.m. Both of these meetings will be happening online using Zoom. Please register to attend at willowparkchurch.com meeting. This summer, you're invited to our Willow Park Church campout at Pines Bible Camp. Camping is available July 5th to 16th, and we will have special activities for all ages planned for the weekend of July 9th to 12th. We still have some camping spots available, but register today as space is limited. Registration is now open for our in-person kids camp happening July 26th to 29th. This half-day camp will be lots of fun for kids age 4 to completed grade 4. But that's not all. We are also running a preteen adventure camp for kids who have completed grade 4 or 5. This camp is happening in the afternoons on July 26th to 29th and will include activities at the church as well as off-site adventures every day. Register today. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service. Good morning. It's such a great privilege for me to be back here with Willow Park Church. And uh, my name is Russ Wilson, and I am uh, um, returning, if you will, to Willow. Uh, it used to be our church here for six years, my wife and I, Susan, and Pastor Phil asked me to come and share this morning. And, and just as a quick uh, introduction, uh, Phil and I are going to be going back to Israel. You remember I took Pastor Phil to Israel a couple years ago uh, on a tour, and uh, Phil and I have an opportunity to return to Israel and to together lead a tour in July of 2022. And so if you want information about that, you can talk to Pastor Phil about that. And uh, it's going to be the Collins Wilson tour to Israel. And so you can talk to him about that. And he gave me permission just to announce that quickly this morning. And we will look forward to doing that together. Together, and I am just so excited that I get to go with your pastor and my friend and to lead a tour to Israel in July of 2022. And so that's just my privilege to announce that and share that with you. And um, we'll just uh, have a great time. And I, I just um, encourage you to come with us on that tour and we'll just uh, learn together and walking the land of um, Jesus um, place and uh, we're going to learn about that in Pentecost as well this morning as we get into our scriptures in Acts chapter 2 but let me just open up our time in prayer and I'll invite you to turn in your uh, Bibles to Acts chapter 2 as we uh, look at Pentecost this morning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father we thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for this time that we get to share together and we ask you by your spirit to guide us into this truth and Lord We need your spirit to help us and we look forward to this time and we are excited to share this time and we want you to be glorified. We want you to be honored. We want your power to reveal to us as we share this time together and we'll give you all the praise and the honor and the glory for you are the only one who deserves that. In the matchless name of Jesus we pray, amen and amen. A number of years ago, I had the immense privilege of sharing at a church in Montreal on their 10th anniversary, a Haitian church that was um, celebrating for an entire weekend their 10th anniversary. They had been birthed and uh, had 10 years of of great growth, and they had invited me as one of the two speakers to um, share over a weekend of celebration. 
And so it was the pre-service prayer and planning time. And so as we gathered together, I just listened. And at the end of the discussion time, the wise, godly Haitian leader just simply asked if there was any questions. And I just said, I just have one. And he said, what's that, pastor? And I said, when would you like me to be wrapped up my speaking time by? And he just looked at me with his Haitian voice and wisdom. And he said this. He said, Pastor, you will be done when the Holy Spirit tells you you are done. And I just have remembered that all of my life because it's one of the very few times I've ever been told that. I have had the great privilege of speaking at many churches and many occasions across our great land, but that godly Haitian leader made it crystal clear who was in charge that weekend. And I just want to make a couple of observations as we move into Pentecost Sunday here. I don't think we do a very good job of celebration in the church today. I think we need to have more reasons for more parties, and I'll talk about that in just a few moments, but I love the emphasis of who is in charge that weekend celebration at that Haitian church. Pastor, you'll be done when the Holy Spirit tells you you are done. I just love that. I think that reminds us so clearly who's in charge. And I know probably some of you are already scared about how long this is going to be, but let me just remind you and let you be clear that I'm very respectful of, of the churches that I work with and, and speak in, that uh, I, I know that we go over times and those kinds of things because I think that's important and respectful for me as a speaker to, to do that. But the Holy Spirit always should be the one who's in charge, and we should remind ourselves of that very truth. And just speaking of that word reminder, I just want you to know that I have three reminders for us here on this Pentecost Sunday. And the first reminder is this, and if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Acts chapter 2. The reminder is, the Spirit of God gave birth to the church, and so we need to love the church. And in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through to 47, that very whole chapter reminds us of this great, rich history that we have, and I think we should celebrate it. I truly think we should celebrate it. In in Acts chapter 2 verse 1, we read these words, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and in verse 5, I want us to jump back forth a little bit so we get some picture and some context. In verse 5 we read this, now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And then when the Holy Spirit moves in verse 4, we read, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And so we go on to verse 6. So we've read verse 5, and we've read verse 4. Now let's read in verse 6. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Now who was doing the speaking? Well, the disciples and the followers of Jesus were doing the speaking. And so let's ask a question. Why were all these Jewish people in Jerusalem? That's a great question. Well, it goes all the way back to Leviticus chapter 23, verse 16, where we read these words. Count off 50 days up to the day of the seventh Sabbath. This holiday was known as the festival of weeks, Shavuot in Hebrew. Now, this festival was originally 
the second great feast in Israel's yearly cycle of holy days. It turned into a day of, to commemorate the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. So for Christians, now I want you to listen carefully because we've got to follow along. There's some parallels here that we're going to pick up on. So for Christians or for followers of Jesus, they weren't called Christians yet, but they're followers of Jesus. After the resurrection of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is poured out on believers on the same day of the celebration of Shavuot, the giving of the law. So think about that. These followers of Jesus have the Holy Spirit poured out on them, Pentecost, at the exact same time that Jews are coming to celebrate the giving of the law, the celebration of Shavuot. So let's acknowledge that in the Old Testament, God had worked into the Jewish calendar a number of feasts that the people would come together and celebrate throughout the year. In other words, parties were, celebra- were scheduled to remind people about the good things that God had done or the good character of God in their lives. For example, Passover. That's one of the well-known ones. Passover was the, uh, an event that they were called together to remember when they were rescued out of Egypt. And they would celebrate God's goodness. They would just pause and stop their activities and say, it's time for us to remember what God did in our past, but we pause now to look back and think, wow, God is so good. And so now, here they are in Acts chapter 2, in conjunction with Shavuot, we have Pentecost happening. So the reason why all these people are in Jerusalem is for this Jewish feast. When the Holy Spirit falls on the disciples, then they start speaking in languages that these people can understand because they're their own languages. And so they go, what is going on? What is happening? And there's two different responses. We can see clearly Acts chapter 2 tells us that. And the two responses are very simply this. One, they ask questions. And they say, well, what does this mean? And the other response is mockery. They must be drunk, they say. Well, so what happens? Well, I I think it's clear that what happens is Peter takes the crowd and he moves their attention away from the experience, what's going on, which is fine. There's these tongues of fire that go on, that descend on the people. The people are speaking in these different languages that, that they can't, uh, they don't know themselves, but the people who are hearing it, they understand because they speak those languages. And Peter directs their attention away from the people and to the scriptures. This is an important lesson for us. We all have experiences which are great, but at the end of the day, what do we do? We move people back to the scriptures. And look at verse 16 of Acts chapter 2. Peter says, no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So Peter brings them back to the scriptures. And then Peter goes beyond that and he moves them to Jesus, points them to Jesus. He identifies with him with verse 22 of Acts 2. And he says, fellow Israelites. Now he's, he's identifying with them because he says, fellow Israelites. I'm one. He says, fellow Israelites. Listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. So he's working with them. 
And by verse 38, Peter clearly calls them to a decision of repentance. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this is Pentecost happening. It is good to remind ourselves that the Holy Spirit is just that. He's a gift. This gift radically changes our lives because it changes how we live. It changes how we actually do life. Paul points to us this in Romans chapter eight when he read verses five and six of Romans eight and he says this, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live according to the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And Peter invited his listeners to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that Pentecost, he invited them to that, and it's been going on ever since. When people come into a relationship with Jesus, they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and it absolutely changes how they see the world, because now the Holy Spirit governs their mind, and that changes absolutely everything. Lastly, in Acts chapter 2, verses 46 and 47, I think what we have there is a post-COVID-19 evangelistic strategy. We know that in verse 41, a minimum of 3,000 people were part of the early church family. They were added to the early disciples. So we have the followers of Jesus that were there, and then we are told clearly in Acts 2 that 3,000 were added to their number. And then in verse 47, it says that more were being added to the church daily. Listen to these words. It says, They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Scholars say that in verse 46, when the church would meet in the temple courts, that was obviously a a public gathering, a public meeting. Anyone could attend. And so Christians would then be on the lookout for those who would be listening and interested so that they could invite them to come and meet with other believers in their homes. There was something attractional about these early Christians. They had a faith that was worth taking note of. And so getting back to the feasts of the Old Testament, I love the fact that God worked into the calendar regularly scheduled times for the people to pause from the regular routines of life and just stop from the schedule and say it's time to feast. That was God's plan. And he worked it into the annual calendar. The feasts had their own reasons and seasons with the purpose to draw the hearts of the people back to God. And I just don't think we do a very good job of that in the church in general today. Now, I know we're in COVID right now and and we have to abide by all the protocols that we should. But let's think beyond COVID. Uh, Remember the story of the lost son in Luke chapter 15? 
Remember when, when he's coming home and he makes that decision that he's, he's got to get things right with his, his father and he decides that he's going to go back home? Well, in Luke chapter 15, it says, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm not worthy to be called your son. But the father, he wasn't going to have any of that. He said, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and found. And so they began to celebrate. In other words, the father said, I'm so glad that my son is back. I'm so glad that he's returned home. We are going to have a party. I think post-COVID, we must find ways to connect with people who have been isolated during this pandemic. And as protocols are lifted, we need to wisely reconnect with people who need to know that we, the church, and Jesus, the Savior, loves them. Our homes need to become places of ministry and hospitality, much like Acts chapter 2, so that we can invite the Holy Spirit to move in our midst once again, as the Holy Spirit did in Acts chapter 2, as Pentecost took place. We need to pray to that end, I believe, and allow parties to take place and hospitality to happen so that God can be glorified. Let's move on. Reminder number two. The Spirit of God empowers the church, so stay connected through prayer. And that's found in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through to 20. Ephesians chapter 3. Let's pick it up and see what Paul has to say to the church there in Ephesians chapter 3. Again, turn in your Bibles or your devices and see what Paul is saying to the church there. Ephesians chapter 3. We pick it up and it says, Paul says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray... Now listen to this. Out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how high and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. So let's just pause there for now. The spirit of God will cause roots. He'll cause roots to grow deep in our lives. You see, the, Paul, the prayer of Paul was that these roots would be established in love. And why is that important? Well, I believe because it echoes the very prayer of Jesus himself in John 21. And Jesus prayed, he said, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us that the world, now listen, that the world may believe that you have sent me. And his command, of course, in John chapter 13, verse 34, he said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you. So you see, it's as we spend time in prayer that the root of love begins to grow deep in our souls. Now listen to me. No prayer, no opportunity for the Spirit to do that work in our lives. You hear that? No prayer, no opportunity for the root or for the spirit to do that work in our lives. Does that make sense? And this is Pentecost power we're talking about. 
It's Christ's power at work in me to do the work that God wants to have done in my life. It's the Pentecost of power that, that this love transform me. So look at verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So there's two aspects to that verse that we need to pause over. Riches and power. Paul refers to the riches that the, power, that the Father has and the power that the Spirit has. And here's the truth. We access them through prayer. But so often in our hectic schedules, and I can be just as guilty as anyone, that, that we get racing around and, and we don't pause to access the riches and the power. Just allow your imagination to run for a bit. When Paul writes, I pray that out of his glorious riches, imagine what kind of riches is Paul talking about when he talks about the Father's riches? When I was pastoring in Saskatoon, we were attempting to uh, um, connect with the inner city through uh, different means and, and ministries that were already there and some that, that we were trying to begin. And, and so one lady in our church um, who was incredibly musically gifted, she went and, and began to uh, work with um, an inner city school that had no musical programs whatsoever. And so she went and met with the principal of that school and, and they had nothing. And so they brainstormed for a while and, and then she just said, well, what if I came down and at lunch hour just began to um, offer the kids an opportunity to, to put together a choir and, and the principal bought in 100%. She was just so pleased to be able to offer something for her school uh, that was uh, musically related. And so it started in the fall and, and just began to build over time and, and start real slow and, and just uh, it really got some momentum going as the, they moved from the fall into the early winter. And as Christmas approached, she actually had a, a fairly sizable choir that was happening. And, and it was just a, a free thing where kids could come if they wanted to. They didn't have to if they didn't want to. And it happened over lunch hour. So when, when she got ready to present a, a Christmas choir program, she said to the students who were part of the choir, she said, look, when we do our, uh, our presentation, um, I just want to maybe uh, bring something special for you guys. And, and the, the student said, what are you thinking? And she said, well, I'll bring you guys a, a, a treat for the, uh, the program. What would it, you like as a treat? And so the kids said, um, they huddled together and they, they brainstormed amongst themselves and they came back and they, they, they said to the, the choir leader, they said, would it be possible if you brought us each a banana? And the, the, the lady from my church said, you guys, for your treat, would like a banana? Now remember, these are inner city kids. And they said, that would be just great if, if we could have a banana. And she said, absolutely, I'll bring you all a banana. That was not a problem at all. And when I thought about that and I was putting this message together, I thought, you know, I, I think a lot of us, when it comes to our individual prayer times with God, that's what we come asking God for is spiritual bananas. What do I mean by that? Well, it's, we're like those inner city kids. We come to the Father and we ask for spiritual bananas when, God, when Paul says in Ephesians chapter three, I pray out of his glorious riches and God has banana cream pie or, or banana cheesecake or banana chocolate muffins or hot banana bread or, or banana milkshakes or banana splits and, and we're offering 
all kinds of things that God's ready to give to us and all we come and we're asking for spiritual bananas, that's it. And maybe we don't even like bananas and God says, that's okay, let's go out into the orchard and I've got a whole host of things that I could offer you and, and we haven't even got to the pantry yet or to the barbecue or, or a host of other possibilities that God could offer us and will offer us if we just get to know the Father. You see, there's glorious riches but our requests are so minuscule because we just don't know the character or the heart of the Father because we haven't spent much time with him to know him. And it's as we spend time and get to know the Father that our prayers become emboldened and we get to see the glorious riches that he has for us that we can ask for so much more than spiritual bananas. And you see, when the Spirit of God is at work within us, God will be glorified. Verses 20 and 21 tell us that in Ephesians chapter 3. He says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work within us, to him be glory in the church and Christ Jesus throughout all generations. You see, our prayers are a reflection of our connection to the Spirit. I remember when Willow brought Brother Yun, here the author of The Heavenly Man, I remember how excited Sue and I were, my, my wife, and, and we, just, we sat just up over here and this side of, of the sanctuary. And, and I just remember how we got here early because we wanted to make sure we got a seat because we knew it was going to be packed out. And, and, um, and when he came and told his story, and, and there's, there's nothing charismatic about Brother Young's presentation. It was just a factual presentation about his life and ministry. And, and I remember how he was told the story about being in prison and how the jailers beat him so badly and I remember how he was said he was so discouraged because he's in a maximum security prison and he wanted to be out telling people about Jesus because that's what he felt he was called to do and he couldn't understand why God had him imprisoned and and uh, the jailers just told him that he was never going to get out of jail and and how he was so depressed and so discouraged in the jail and and finally one night God said to him get up and he said how can I get up God my legs are broken because they'd beat him so badly and and he said get up and go to the door you're leaving and he said how can I go there there's jailers at the door and and he said well who are you going to believe are you going to believe the jailers are you going to believe me he finally swung his broken legs off of his bed and stood up and he got to that door and the door swung open and and he began to slowly walk out on those broken legs and each time he got to a door it would swing open and, and that maximum security prison door after door opened and jailer after jailer just ignored him and he walked out and he said it was because it was a choice they had to make of who was he going to believe the jailers or was he going to believe God and stories like that are just so amazing because you see we have to make choices about what are we going to do with our time are we going to spend time in prayer and make that a priority in our lives or are we going to believe this God that we have and we, we were excited, our, our son-in-law, who at that point in time wasn't living for God, but had trained actually in China with martial arts years before he'd met our daughter and, and ended up marrying her. And, and so we encouraged him to come. And, and that particular day as he came the next Sunday, or the, we were here on Saturday night and he came Sunday, um, later that afternoon, he too surrendered his life to Jesus and we're just excited as, as we saw the Spirit of God move in his life and, and surrendered to Jesus as a prodigal coming home. And, and, and now he too is fully committed to Jesus because the Spirit of God moves in a variety of ways and means. And it wasn't necessarily all the words the Spirit 
that Yun used that day, but through the worship that day. And, and God just moves in powerful ways in the means and ways in which God is going to move. And I want God to be glorified each time I meet with him. And you are blessed to have a pastor that makes personal prayer and practice and corporate prayer an emphasis. And as I study and read and watch what God is doing here in North America and around the world, it's just a consistent feature to hear about leaders who spend quantity time and way in prayer and make it a clear emphasis for their churches to see that it matches growth in churches. God blesses praying churches people. So keep on making Willow One a priority and a part of your schedule. If it isn't, then make it a part of your schedule. It's just that important. It's just that important. Mark Batterson is a pastor. He sends out a weekly devotional. And this past week, he sent out one talking about, um, he'd heard a, he was at a, a prayer breakfast some time ago, and he said this 76-year-old African-American pastor was leading the time in prayer. And he said as he, as he prayed, there was something about how he prayed that touched Mark's soul. He, he said he had to lean in to hear him pray because it was just more like a whisper. But he said that as he prayed, there was something about how that man connected with God. That Mark said it made him want to know God in the way in which that 76-year-old African-American pastor prayed and talked to God. And you see, people, we can't get to know God just by a quick prayer here and there. We can't have a relationship with God by just snippets of prayer. We've got to ache to want to know God. We've got to say, God, you're my priority. You're my heart. You're my desire. You're the longing of my soul. I want to know you, Father. You are my heart's desire. And Mark said in the devotional, he said he walked out of that meeting saying, I want to know God in a way that that man knows God. Do we have that ache and desire in our hearts? We say, God, you are my heart's desire. Reminder number three, the spirit of God directs the church, so we need to learn to listen and obey, and that's found in Galatians chapter five, verses 13 through to 25. You see, this is a lifelong process. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not like I said, a quick snippet of prayer here and there. And Paul writing to the church at Galatia, he said in verse 13 of Galatians 5, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. And that's what the Spirit does. It's not a list of rules and do's and don'ts. He says, you are called to be free. He said, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping, one, in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And then verse 16, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And then in verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You see, no one masters this quickly, so don't get discouraged. I watched an interview a few weeks ago with a pastor who was simply referred to as Pastor X. His face was covered, his voice was masked, as he's a pastor in a country where it is illegal to be a Christian. He was taking a risk by being interviewed 
Because if he was found out, he would be imprisoned or worse. His story is amazing, but his wife's story is even more amazing. She comes from a different faith background, and, and she was so discouraged with her particular faith that her and her mom had decided that they, they were just going to take their own lives. They were so discouraged, they were so fed up with their particular uh, faith that they said that enough's enough. And they had, uh, on, on a particular evening, had decided that they were going to take their own lives, and so they turned on a satellite TV in their country where they were, and, and that particular night, they all of a sudden saw this pastor who, was, who knew Jesus, and he was communicating uh, the truth of Jesus, and, and so their, her mom phoned in to the pastor on that night and, and uh, talked to the pastor, and, and she gave her life to Jesus. And her, told her daughter, you got to talk to the pastor. And, and her daughter said, no, I don't believe in Jesus. And, her, and she said, no, you got to talk to the pastor. And so sure enough, she got on the phone, argued with the pastor for two hours because she didn't believe in Jesus at all. And so at the end of the two hours, the pastor said, listen, I tell you what, you just pray this prayer and give it a, a week because you're obviously so discouraged with what you have believed and it's got you to this point where you want to take your own life, but give it a week. Give it a week of trusting in Jesus. And if at the end of the week, you don't think Jesus is real still, then I tell you what, go ahead. Follow through with what you think you're going to do. And so she had her mom who had given her life to Jesus and um, she just thought, okay, I'll give it a week. The following morning, she wakes up to the sound of her mom screaming and um, she thinks that the MS that her mom had, because her mom uh, had struggled with multiple sclerosis, she thought that the MS had affected her mom's lungs and so she wakes up to her mom screaming and her mom's walking through the house perfectly fine. She says to her mom, we've got to take you to the hospital because there's something wrong. So her mom says, okay. So they take her to the hospital. They do a blood test with her mom and an MRI. And the hospital comes back and says to her, um, there's no MS in your mom's blood test. And there's no MS on the MRI. And your mom's totally healed. Who have you prayed to? And they said, uh, her, she said, I haven't prayed to anybody, just to Jesus last night. And five people that particular morning in the hospital come to Jesus. The interview goes on to tell other incredible stories of what God is doing in this closed country in the Middle East. Remember Brother Young? It was in China where it is illegal to be Christian, and yet God was doing so many things, so many amazing things. Well, in this country where Pastor X is working, they estimate that there are well over a million Christians where it is illegal to be a Christian. The Spirit of God is directing his church I love the fact that governments can put up walls and and make proclamations and dictators can say, no, you can't do this. But what's happening? Well, the Spirit of God is happening. That's what's happening. The Spirit of God works where people say, no, you can't do this. And I just love the fact that God says, I know you say you can't. But you see, the Spirit of God is directing his church, much like Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. You see, this style of living is empowered by the Holy Spirit. And Paul says, so I say walk by the Spirit. And then in verse 18, he says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And then in verse 22, it says, but the fruits of the Spirit are love, and that's the first one, then joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there's no law. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. So it's like an evaluation tool. Am I walking by the Spirit? Are the fruits of the Spirit evident in my life? And this is why living in community is so crucial for all of us. 
so crucial. Pastor X talked about how important it is for believers in his country to meet together in their homes to support one another at risk for being imprisoned and all kinds of other possible things that could happen. They will do it. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the focus of their lives and they're being led by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit will lead us and it's a relationship, not a religious thing. It's a relationship, not a religious thing. And we see the evidence of the fruits as a reality of the testimony that it's the Spirit of God leading us. So powerful when we allow the Spirit of God to lead in our lives. It's so incredibly powerful. It's Pentecost Sunday. The Spirit of God birthed the church. Let's review what took place. We want to then love the church. The Spirit of God empowers the church so we stay connected through prayer. The Spirit of God directs the church so we need to listen, to learn to listen and obey. We see all of this in Acts chapter 2 and throughout the rest of the New Testament. I watched an interview recently with Pastor Francis Chan. First of all, I have to say I love his haircut. If you don't know who he is, go ahead and Google him and you'll understand why I love his haircut. Secondly, I love his passion for the church and for Jesus. When they asked him just this past week in the interview that I saw, what is pastor's heart, what's on his pastor's heart for the church in North America, he didn't hold back. He, he said that he's just tired of hearing of another ministry leader or pastor who's quitting, walking away from the faith. He said, if you've had a transforming encounter with the risen Savior through the Holy Spirit, then you don't walk away from that. He said he just couldn't imagine Moses or Job getting up and saying, ah, I'm done. I'm finished. Francis, I I just, I can't imagine it. Because if you've actually encountered the one true living God, Francis said, you don't walk away after you've encountered the one true living God. He said, read the Bible. You don't have an encounter with God and then say, ah, I'm finished. And I thought about Peter and Paul. People who gave their lives and modern day examples today in closed countries where where risk of their lives, they continue to meet men and women who know the cost involved and say, I will do whatever it takes to continue to tell people about the one person who absolutely changes absolutely everything. And I will do it. Because there is nothing else in this world and there is no one else in this world who is worthy of my life. And so I will do whatever because Jesus is worthy. And I want to have a relationship with this one called Jesus in a way that goes deeper and deeper. And the only, the only way that happens is by surrendering and finding time in my ongoing schedule to say, Jesus, I want you more and more. I want to know you better and better. And, and the only 
process that that takes place is by prayer and inviting the Holy Spirit to transform my life. That's a Pentecost kind of way. It doesn't happen by saying, I don't have time for you, God. And Francis went on in his interview to say, there's a lot of horizontal passing on of faith that that happens from parents and grandparents somehow say, I want you to follow Jesus. And he says, people can walk away from that. It has to be a vertical relationship where we invite God to come in via the Holy Spirit and I encounter Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes into my life then and actually transforms who I am and my heart is literally changed and I surrender completely and I say, God, you've got all of me and now you can do whatever you want with me. That's the kind of life that I want in an ongoing fashion for the church today. And so Willow, continue to chase after Jesus. Willow, continue to prioritize your Willow One prayer times. And Willow, thank you for the privilege of coming here today to give me the chance to share what's on my heart. And God bless you. Let me close off our time in prayer. Father, I thank you for this church. It is a special place for me. I thank you for the pastor of this church, the pastors that they have here. I pray that you would pour out your blessing upon them in a Pentecost kind of way so that they would pursue Jesus and things would not be quote-unquote normal again after we get through this COVID period, but that you would do Holy Spirit Pentecost things in this church that there would be revival kinds of things in this church, that you would pour out your blessing upon this church, and that you would be honored and glorified so that we can praise your name. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.